Oh, Mr. Scott Menzi. Hey, how are you? Doing good. Um, I guess this is attempt number. <laughs> um, but I'm at home. I'm right next to my wireless router. And I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, and and if it if it drops out, I'll I'll switch my phone to whatever data. Or, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah, and so um, yeah, I'm I'm even I could I could hear it kind of dropping out some part of it, but um. Oh, you. Oh, so okay. Hold on. I will hold on a second. I might lose. Okay, because I could I could hear it go like you know that I don't know what sound that's called, but um, or a technical term. Um, Okay. Well, uh, can you can you hear me now? Hello. Yeah, it's like it's coming in and out a little bit. Oh, I heard that. Uh, That's pretty. Oh, cool. okay. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let me. Uh, so it's still bad. Hello. Hello. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I keep getting that beep too. Oh, that kind of like that, like where it time stretches it a little something. I I don't know if it's making my stupid phone. I should have stuck with the Android, but um, I got the iPhone. The kids win. It's uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all hell breaks this. <laughs> uh, I tell you what. Um, I think maybe we should just go for it. Uh, maybe we just record like in segments with um I'll ask like one kind of question and then mm-hmm. we'll kinda you'll answer it and then we'll just kinda cross our fingers. And then <laughs> okay, I'll so ask yeah. another type of question and then yeah. hopefully just move into segments. Um so I think um based on the fact that we have good odds now, I think it's gonna go go for it. And so I'm just gonna kinda just run into it and see what happens. But um so yeah, so I'll just start it off. Uh my name is Stephen Wiggins and this is the Printmakers Podcast. And for this week's episode I have Scott Minzy on the other line and we are gonna talk about printmaking um and what makes him tick and all the interesting factoids. Um, I first found his work from Lionel Cut Friends and I've been following him on Instagram and all social media. And he has some very detailed, very powerful, bold work. And I thought I would talk to him about his work. And so thanks, Scott Minzy. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this. And um, so I guess I'm going to kind of ask, um, what is your background and how did you get involved with art? Um, well, I'm from Maine, you know, deep in Stephen King country. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like the edge of the country, <laughs> like out, you know, it's a. I don't know. It's there's something about the people in the Northeast, <laughs> you know, or I, yeah. Um, you know, there's this darkness, um, ruggedness. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's like, it's the, there's a lot of forests. There's a lot of trees kind of. Yeah. But you've also got the coast and the coast is not, you know, it's not like Florida, right. you know, with these nice beaches, it's rocks and there's <laughs> crashing waves and, um, right. and, and you you, know, you have this tension between the tourists, these really rich people that come up in the summer and the, you know, the people like us that live here year round. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm from Maine and, um, 
I, I think I had mentioned to you before, I, you know, I always liked art, but I was a, uh, uh, I was a special ed kid, so I had um, ADD and I had a, a an auditory processing disorder, which um, means I'm just I'm a visual learner. I think most artists are. Oh yeah, definitely. Know. Yeah, I think I I said that earlier too. Like um, I'm also just super visual. I can't do any other type of learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was just you know can be frustrating, but um, it, you know especially in school when it's like. Um, the teacher's talking and you're supposed to be taking notes. <laughs> and if you can't process that in time, then you're, you know, you don't fit into the structure. So um, I really counted on those classes that um, I use my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, like phys ed got me through high school. Oh, and yes. Art got me through high school. Um, I wasn't very good at shop, but I passed it. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, as long as you pass it. Right. That's all that matters. <laughs> I worked really hard for my D's and C's, you know. <laughs> like, um, but you know I was in art class and uh, you know I had this I, I was really the the worst art student in my art class I, I really well I was in the I was in my art class with my wife you know okay she was much better than I was I remember looking at everyone's work but you know like you have this voice inside your head but you know you know I'm an artist with a vision. And I wasn't. I was just copying <laughs> stuff out of, you know, uh, Thrasher magazine, you know, the Puss Head, uh, you know, decks and. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Johnson deck. And so, um, so I did, you know, I, I did make it through, you know, the art classes. Um, I don't think my art teacher liked me very much. And now I'm an art teacher, high school art teacher, and I, I know completely why. I get it. Um, but at one point I loved comic books. I loved everything graphic and, um, like obsessed with comic books. Right. And, um, so I put my portfolio together and we all took a trip down to the main college of art and we sat and we listened to lectures from, um, uh, you know, alumni or alumnus. I don't know how you say it. And then we had this portfolio so I was really proud of my portfolio and all the work I'd done. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, so I got right up in line, you know, and I showed it to this guy who was, um, who was the guest speaker and he put it out and he looked at it and then he put it all back together and put it back in my portfolio and uh, like looked shoulder and said, you know, you might want to think about doing something else. What? Yeah. You know, it, it, well, in, I used to think, I don't know, you know, you tell the story in your head over and over again. I, you know, I, I think he said something like, I don't want to waste your time or in mine, you know, but I'm not sure. It was, you know, it's hard it was, for me to imagine that someone would say that, but he wasn't a teacher. He was, a, he was alumni. Right. Um, yeah. And if you're going to be an artist, you're going to have to face people like that all the time. But, you know, it just crushed me. I remember like I, I was this meathead wrestler, you know, you know. <laughs> all stuff trying to get back on the bus without crying, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I, there are so many people, artists working now that have the same story that I've heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Jim Lee, though, was it Jim Lee who uh, drew for, um, oh gosh, was yeah, it Wildcats? He, and he works for Marvel now and he still has a letter that says like, you're not going to make it give up. And, yeah like, who are these people that <laughs> you know well yeah and i i went and i heard tom huck talk and he had a very similar story it wasn't like to get into high school but he had a very similar high um uh situation but you know like we handled it two different ways he was like you know he, well i don't know if you've ever seen a seen tom huck or you know, yeah i've yeah he's for you do it <laughs> me i was like okay i'm going to school for communications you know like <laughs> you know i took it as like you know and, you know and my parents weren't really uh keen on me going to school for art so um i went to school for public relations wow yeah what, and what made you what made you like did you pick public relations out from the get-go or what <sighs> led you into that like uh i think you know, I was an introvert, or I still am an introvert, and uh, 
I really wanted to be that spin, that spin guy, the spin doctor that can um, talk people. You know, I really wanted to be that person. So like, so when I filled out all those exams or not exams, but tests, career Mm -hmm. tests, I was filling them out as if, you know, that's what I wanted. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. so it wasn't like to be good at, which aren't the same thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, and I, you know, you, when you're an introvert, you want to have those, uh, those tendencies or those abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, so I went to school and, uh, I tried public relations for a while and, uh, I worked at the Boston police department, uh, Red Cross, and, um, and then I ended up with a computer company and uh, I ended up getting a job with them as uh, I had a number of roles there, but I ended up for the longest time in a sales position oh. or an account manager. I, so I was an account manager for computer manufacturer. Okay. Account manager. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so flew around and I, um, I would meet with customers and, you know, it was a you know cliche kind of thing. You'd uh, you'd you know, you'd fly in, you'd play golf, and then you'd go to it was either a, a, a you know a steak club or not a steak club, sorry, a, a like, steakhouse or a sushi place, and then right. they'd go out and act like you know the act like they were in college again. You know, <laughs> you know they'd want to go out to bars and stuff and and act like they were you know teenagers again, and I just never got it. But, you know, I'm a middle-aged guy now, so I, I do have some insight. <laughs> but I, that, um, that lifestyle just wasn't for you, I guess, like the... Uh, well, yeah, uh, oh, well, I mean, I, I hated golf, I hated steak, and I really hated strip clubs. <laughs> do you know what I like, I really, <laughs> you know, like, I, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, at first, I really liked the challenge of the, of the sales goal, and, you know, like, when you get into a culture, you're... You're excited about it, but you know it wore off quickly. Yeah, yeah. The honeymoon then, was over. <laughs> right, right. Well, I I was at this meeting in Clearwater, Florida, this company, Dynasis, and um, I, I was with the president of the company, and, and we're alone in a boardroom, and we weren't really alone. We had his parrot, who was like the mascot of the company, and a couple of yippy dogs, huh. and he's yelling and screaming at me, trying to get the price down and complaining about quality of the product and I'm you know and I'm taking the abuse you know like you do because you you know you want to you want a commission check yeah <laughs> and yeah he excused himself like a I don't know like a used car salesman does or a car salesman <laughs> does it's like I go, I've got to take a call but he walked out and I was left in there alone with this parrot who jumped off the perch and he walked down this you know click 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 down the um down the conference table. Yeah, yeah. In front of me and looked at me, you know, like he was staring me down, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to let this bird, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like, sure, you know, whatever, you know, he's not going to get the best of me. And then I realized I had this epiphany. What am I doing? You know, uh, I'm trying to be the alpha bird, you know, <laughs> and yeah. you know, for a living, I'm staying, you know, yeah, I'm down in Florida in the middle of the summer. I'm like, it was just, you know, this is not what I wanted to do. Right. So I excused myself from the meeting on the, on the way back to the hotel. I stopped at the Salvador Dali Museum in, yeah, in, in St. Petersburg. Whoa, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah you know, kind of, I took a detour in, you know, yeah. and uh, I took a tour, and I never take tours, and you know, this, the, the woman explaining the tour was like, you know, that was explaining that he built this world using all these symbols and imagery and um, it all had this, you know, psychological and emotional meeting. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get it unless, you know, you know, someone could decipher it for you, but it was definitely there. You know, I, was like, oh, I want to do this, you know, like I want to create a world, you know, instead of, you know, living someone else's. I don't know if that's the right analogy or the right saying, but I, you know, like I was like, that was the moment. So I, you know, I kept the job, but you know, at the airport, I bought a sketchbook 
you know, and I started, I remember, I could remember one or two le- drawing lessons from high school. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, and I have a lot, a sketchbook with lots of hotel rooms and airports and, uh, you know, and, um, and that led to uh, me eventually leaving the job. Wow. So you're just home. like, you're just like drawing from life. And then yeah. I was drawing wow. without, I was drawing without looking at the paper. Wow. You, you know, that exercise from drawing on the right side of the brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so and you just draw what you see. Yeah. And you don't, you don't worry about, you know, you move your eye and your hand at the same time. And, uh, you know, some, some, there was some part of my brain that, you know, like I was rationalizing, like, you know, when you start drawing, you're really self-conscious about how it looks and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other people are going to judge you. And uh, in, in my brain, I was like, if I do this contour thing and I don't look at the paper, then I'm not responsible, you know, for whether it's good or bad, you know, right. because I'm not looking. And um, there was there was a lot of freedom there, and you know, and I think that's key, like training your your eye to move with your hand without the middleman, you know, telling you whether it's good or bad. And so that, that was yeah, that's that's very interesting that you went from like you took the time that were you were in the hotels and just started picking up drawing, and you're influenced from high school, and you just kept it going. Wow. Yeah, well, it was, I remembered a very few things, you know, from high school. One was that uh, contour drawing exercise, mm-hmm. and then one was from junior high, and it was, um, you know, pen and ink, cross hatching, and uh, you know, hatching, stippling, you know, with pen. And so those were the things that I I remembered. So those were the things that I used, and I was, you know, because I was too embarrassed to take a an art class. Or, you know what I mean? Or tell anyone yeah, I was doing it. Because, you know, it's a really macho culture, you know, sales. You know. And right. so I, you know, I kept it to myself. And so yeah. it was this, like, secret kind of, like, weekend warrior passion. And, yes, it was. Um, um, how long did that last before you kind of took it to the next level? Well, I skipped work one day. Um I didn't really skip. They, I had lots of vacation days. They, you know, they give you lots of vacation days. They don't expect you to take any of them. <laughs> and I went, to the, I went to the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And um, the place is just massive. And you can get lost in it. Um, and I ended up in a room of um, woodcuts and, and engravings from, uh, you know, I guess, you know, they were, you know from Doré to you know, Durer, they were, you know, mm-hmm. just a room. And I, and I, you know, I was just, I was just taken by it because it was graphic and I could grasp it, but there was a lot going on. It was very simple, but there was, you know, there was, there was a lot going on. And um, so at the door, there was this little trifold, um, you know, piece of paper that explained what, you know, Intaglio was, what a woodcut was, what, um, what lithography was. Right, and okay. um, and so uh, I took it and I took it to Home Depot, and I bought a plank of wood, you know, just a piece of pine, and I bought the really cheap wood carving tools, you know, the ones that are like five or six bucks. Yeah. And um, and and I got some uh, latex paint, you know, um, and I carved out a picture of my family out of wood and i stabbed myself so many times like oh my, my fingers because you know, i didn't know what i was doing and I, all i had was that one pager you know where it, i think you, you probably know like where you know it has the side view of the plank of wood with the v cuts in it and I, you know so i yeah so yeah wow from the museum yeah and i so I, I i took that and i made it and i uh i inked it up and i printed it and then i framed it myself and it's a horrible framing job and I brought it home and I gave it to my family at, um, at Christmas. And my sisters just laughed. They were like, this is your gift, what? You know, but my mom was really kind and encouraging. Um, and even so, I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you know, my fingers were bloody. <laughs> it took me forever. And you had to work with grain. Oh. And, um, 
but I, you know, I, I still loved, I ended up finding at the same time, finding book arts, you know, making mm-hmm. artist books. Right. So I, uh, I went down that road for a while, you know, making books and, you know, telling stories that had, uh, you know, that had to do, they were allegorical or I don't know. Uh, so you created the images and you um, actually bound the books like you would yeah. hand stitch them yeah. as well. Uh, where did you, because that's like a very specific skill. Did you learn that from school or like from a class or workshop? Or No, I was so, <laughs> yeah, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> like I, I didn't want to, you know how, because some people just can't say they're artists, you know, they're, and I, I couldn't. Uh, oh yeah so, like it's like a like if you get a bunch of artists together it's like an artist support group in a gallery and they're like hello my name is steven and i've been an artist for 20 years and yeah i open talks is... like that. I say, I'm, my name's scott and i'm a printmaker <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah and um yeah but you know at the same time i saw like uh, you know so i got books you know essentially that's how i did it i searched the internet you know for how to do things right and, you know, and I had seen, you know, Carol Walker's, um, you know, cut paper stuff. And I was mm-hmm, really, yeah. really taken by it. And, it, you know, it, it was just, it's just so powerful. And so menacing, uh, but you can't look away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And Right. You know, like and there's I, a very strong graphic quality, but also very shocking. Right. But in a way that it's like, it, it needs to be told like those those images need to be, we need to reconcile ourselves with those images. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you do. And, and the way she does it, uh, she lures you in, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, yeah. You know, to look at it, you know, part of it's titillating and then, but it's really disturbing, you know, and it's, and you feel, you know, <laughs> you can't look away. You feel bad for looking, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah. Um, but I was really taken by that whole idea of, you know, like, you know, of cutting paper and having really simple images cut out of paper mm-hmm. that um, tell not only, you know, a story about, you know, about our country, but uh, her story too, you know? Yeah. And she weaves them together in, yeah. So I, I was just taken by that. And, and so I made for the next, you know, three or four years, I just made cut paper books and bound them and you know i you know i was interested in finding out all different book forms and um and i went to school in a place where there was a book artist that um i really respected and she taught classes and she you know was very kind so i went there for her mainly but along the way i you know you you know it's um when you make books they're narrative and I really like that narrative quality. And at some point I picked up um, lino cuts to tell that, those stories so I could make multiples. And that was so, yeah, so you could have a series of works based on like a bigger story. And so um, you well, kind of always had the printmaking experience to kind of build upon your own kind of visual language well yeah yes well when you make um when you make an artist book out of um you know cut paper you know it's really Mm -hmm. mine were you know really intricate and um they folded out really you know yeah i was proud of you know i'm kind of embarrassed now (laughs) you know at the time i was really proud of the way um they were structured and engineered um you make an artist book and then you fold it up and put it on the shelf and no one sees it and not only that, you can't make multiples. You make one book right. and there's that one book and only one person at a time, you know, can look at it if they decide to take it off the shelf. So yeah. I was like, I want to make more than one. So I, I made a book using um, linoleum and um, my professor, one of my printmaking professors, Patty Benson, said, uh, this is what you should be doing. <laughs> this is your thing. That, that other thing is not. And um, I was like, yeah, right. And then eventually I got, you know, I, I graduated from school and I got a studio, which was a big leap of faith. 
and I was there and I was like, maybe I should be making prints. And, you know, I've been doing it ever since. Wow. Uh, so when did you, where did you get the studio space? Well, I got a job <laughs> after I got a job. I graduated with a, a degree in art education and mm-hmm. um, I got a job at a, um, uh, at a school near here and near me. And, and you know, it was, it was like a whim. I don't know. I did a search for artist studios and I don't know why, huh. but there's one, there was a, there's a, a building that's two miles from my house that the basement is a community press like yours. And, um, and then the next uh, three levels are, um, they used to be office buildings, uh, office, you know, rooms, but they've been converted into artist um, studios. Whoa. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I, I made a call <laughs> and I went over and I looked at the room and it was, like, it's like 10 by 15. It was tiny, you know, it's tiny. And um, oh. you can see on my Instagram, you can see pictures It you know, it, it was all I needed. But I, uh, you know, I dragged all my colored paper and my book cloth there, and um, and I still have all that paper and book cloth, <laughs> you know. Wow. I, you know, I, went to, I went to linoleum, but you know, like I, I took a chance. I think I took myself seriously. I think I, you know, I don't know. It was a, it was a big commitment. But I got, yeah, I got a job. So... I got a job coaching cross country, and my stipend from cross country paid for my studio for the year, and um. Yeah, and that was that, and it was my place to hide. Or not hide. But... That was well, just like the recharge. You know what I mean? Like all the energy goes out, and mm-hmm. then you have to have a space to kind of like get more energy. Out of. So that is yeah for us artists. That's well for any introvert. Well, especially for me, like. I I need the recharge time. The studio is a great place for that, um, especially community space because you usually can get away with um, also having lesser price, but having more value amongst the community. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, it was so great because well, you you end up with meeting other artists and you know people that take themselves seriously or not seriously, but they're they're invested. Um, and you get to see people that do different things and you get to mm-hmm. see their different, you know, there was a, a, you know, a metal Smith next to me. There's, there was a watercolorist down the, down the way, a comic book artist upstairs and, and we had painters and then, you know, and it was great because I would stop into the press whenever I, whenever I went there and I would, you know, see what they were doing and ask questions. I could get feedback. It was, it was great. And so, yeah, they're all around you. And so that's they're right next door. So you can draw. Um, yeah, get the feedback that really artists, printmakers, everyone just desperately need about their work. And so. Oh, you um, leave school and no one cares. <laughs> you, know, you go yeah. have these critiques where you prepare for it and you put it up. And, you know, it's this mini competition kind of. And, um and people might say bad thing, bad things about your work, or you know, they might critique it or criticisms, but um, they're taking it seriously, you know. But when I have, um, you know, when I put my artwork up, you know, places and it's you know snakes coming out of eyeballs and you know <laughs> heads that you know popping off bodies, people are like, oh, great, <laughs> you know, they don't take it seriously. They just walk by, and, you know. So, but it's great to have those people that do care. They do see what you're doing. Um, that community is important. Yeah. yeah and, you know, you know, and you were saying like that recharge thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess it is. It is recharging. But you know, like I'm a high school art teacher, and um, I, I don't really have any control. You know, I have a room full of twenty kids, and I have the illusion of control, right? But at any moment, they could pick me up and throw me out the window if they wanted to. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's this fake. <laughs> You know, you know, it's a system, but you know, underlying, you know, all this stuff that you know, some of them don't really want to be there or they don't really like you or they're upset with something you just said. So there's this simmering, like it, it's, it's the illusion of control. And then, you know, I come home and, you know, you have little kids and you, know, you have, again, the, the illusion of control, but, you know, they're all over the place and, you know, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're, 
cleaning up messes, <laughs> you know, yeah, do that, I mean... do that. you know, and so they're all over the place. But when I went to my studio and um, this tiny room, I'd sit in that my tiny little creaky chair and um, I could carve. And all I had to focus on was like that, you know, that two inch by two inch section that I'm carving. And I had complete control about with over every single cut I made. You know, I was making little decisions that were, they were all mine and I had complete control over the outcome. Kind of, right. you know, we all have those prints. You, you think they're genius and then you pull them. And you're like, oh. That was from a, another era. You know what I mean? Like we all have our eras and like um, ebbs and flows of styles and inspirations and you just kind of, you know, they, those usually get put away. And then <laughs> I have those prints too. I'm just like, my goodness, what was going on here? <laughs> I, wonder, I have a bunch of mine that, you know, at the time I really loved, but I'd like to revisit them and, you know, like, you know, do them again. But, yeah. Right. I Yeah. I, I have a few like that. I would like to kind of, I don't know, because if your work evolves over time, it changes. And then you kind of wish like the way that you do prints now were like the way you did them back then. Or some people like the way they did them back then and want to adapt it to like the way they produce work now. Um, so I guess in that sense, I was wondering kind of like, can you describe like what your work is like stylistically and the kind of themes and subject matter kind of covers well my work is everyone i'll give you an example so my you know my patent answer and uh is that you know my work is about uh fear regret and longing and um i told one of my classes that the other day oh that's so emo (laughs) and i'm like okay okay um do you ever regret anything you've done you know, and everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, is is there anything that you want to buy that you can't have? Do <laughs> you know, is there anything you really want that you can't have? Yes. And, um, and are, you know, are you afraid of anything? You know, are you afraid of, you know, not getting into college or not finding a job or not passing, you know, AP bio or whatever? You know, these are common uh, emotions that we all share in there. I think there are, well, this is, it's what advertisers use to, to sell you things. Oh, so, you yeah. know, so why shouldn't we, you know, I'm processing these at the same time, but I'm trying to communicate and connect other people using those, using those emotions. But, you know, uh, I, I do that through the lens of 80s horror movies and comic books, you know, horror comics. Um, and that's kind of my lens. And I, I think of it as playful. You know, I don't like real horror. You know, right? Yeah, Go ahead. I've always it always kind of scared me. Um, I've been like a horror movie light kind of fan. Like, um, I want to say the most kind of horror I kind of go. Well, I want the well, Get Out for me was like that was horror, but not like what I used to watch back in the day. Well, that, that's a, that's a psych, that's an amazing movie. That's a psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. It was, it was more, yeah. I, I'd say I like more like psychological thrillers cause I like the mental kind of mental thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I, well, that was the, like that movie had that slow build, you know, leading up to, you know, well, I guess all, all movies are, but, a lot of horror movies are just like, you know, like these torture movies, you know, like. Hostile. Yeah. So where everything is super real and you know, like, that's not what I, you know, want. I, I would, I, you know, I like the slow build or, or I want it to be part comedy, you know, tongue in cheek, you know, like. Yeah, kind of like Evil Dead a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Well, Evil yeah, Dead I, Army of Darkness or. Chalk. That's kind of, that's my kind of vibe. Yeah. But, um. Well, practical effects that are cheesy. Reanimator, I love that movie. That was a oh, uh, Return of the Living Dead. You know, was funny and scary at the same time. I love that. Right, right. So, 
would you say your work kind of has that horror element, but it's well, not horror. I wouldn't say that. Like it, you are influenced by horror movies, but that's not the work you produce, right? Or but I like I use the conventions of horror movies. I think mm-hmm. to tell my stories. And you know, so, because it, um... it shocks people, and then, and I hope that they they don't you know they don't get it, <laughs> you know like. I hope that they look at it and they're, I don't know if shocked is the right word, but interested, you know, it grabs their attention and then um, they're like, what's going on here? And then they come back to it later because they don't, you know, they can't quite figure it out. Yeah. As far as like second, yeah, it's like a second viewing kind of. Hmm. And, or, um... or that they think about it after, after they've left. So that's, you know, and you know, and and you make things that, you want to see and i like um i like cheesy horror movies and i like bad practical effects and um but i also i want to see a movie or i want to read something with uh some emotional content content and some some subtext and below the surface that's what i try to do you know who knows right i do and and, and ultimately i you know it, it ends up being therapy you know i'm not making work to, to you know to sell <laughs> to sell lots of work i'm making work for me or i make the work that i want to see and hopefully other people like it oh yeah because see i think um i feel like as soon as you get out of school um there's this big huge challenge of like there's that the moment you have to confess to somebody that you're an artist and you want to produce art, but in that same sense, there's like that big, huge worry that the other person has, like it's a parent or guardian or somebody, that the money's not always going to be there. So there's like this compartmentalized part where like, like part of your life has to be your day job kind of normal thing, and the other part has to be like what you do on the side. And for me, like when I really come alive when people have told me this in very passive aggressive ways um, <laughs> that like, they're like, Oh, I got to see you print in the studio. And that's why I got to see you come alive. And I'm <laughs> like, well, that's where you're going to see me come alive. And so, um, yeah, it's just so it's. Yeah. And I don't know so what interesting. I don't know what it is about printmaking, you know, like, but it, it's easy to feel that way. Well, maybe painters feel that way. But, like, you know, there's something about, you know, you have this community of people. You have a history, you know, yeah. that, that, you, you yeah. know that you kind of follow. And, um, yeah, and everyone's just so nice. You know? <laughs> sharing techniques and sharing ideas. And, um, and it's hard not to, uh, you know, yeah. But then again, I'm, I go down to my studio. I've just recently moved out of my studio in, in town. Well, it's not really, you know, in Gardner, right across the river. And now I'm, I have a studio at my house that's like twice the size and big press. And, and I still, like last night I was, I was up till two o'clock in the morning. I had to get up for school, you know, to teach school in the morning. But, you know, you just get into a group and I'm like, I've got my ink out. I'm not wasting ink. <laughs> I'm yeah, having fun. The tunes are on and, you know. That's what it's about, and especially like having a home studio. That must be amazing. How did you, how did you grow to build a home studio like in your art? Uh, well, you know, yeah. Well, I, you know, I just first want to say like I love teaching, and that's my thing. Like I, right? I, I love. And you were saying like you come alive in the studio. I'm sure like when you teach your classes, you, you come alive too. You know, and that's, you know, when, yeah, I'm. I'm I just love teaching. That's that's my favorite thing. When when it's when it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's horrible. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. There's there is that part of it too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, you know, that's you know, that's that's why I went to school. It wasn't for. I mean, I like art. You know, I'm passionate about it. Um. So so with that said, um, I had a moment. Uh, I can't really talk about. It. Yeah. 
I love the school I work at and I love the people I work with and um, which you don't hear much with, you know, public school teachers, you know, like, it's not, you know, uh, but I love it. Um, but the, something was said about art at the school and um, about making a living, like you were saying, like, you've got to make a living. Yeah. And, uh, and it was told as a joke and I, and I understand it, you know, like it's, um, you know, that people make jokes in passing and it's not meant to be, you know, taken seriously, you know, everyone ribs everyone, but you know, there was, a, and I, you know, that kind of struck me as uh, like a challenge, you know? So, yeah. I, so I went out and I, um, I got a gig doing a, a beer can, you know, I'm like, well, what, you know, what companies make creepy artwork, you know? And, and I found there's a beer company around here that makes Lovecraft beer. They make like a, they make a craft, you know, four times a year, they make a different, type of craft beer and they, you know, they name it after a Lovecraft story. So, you know, you know, I did the, I wouldn't call it the soft sell, but you know, I called, I sent them messages. I sent them smart work saying that, you know, I'd love to work with you. And, um, and eventually they said yes. And, um, and it was a great experience and, uh, you know, they sent me some money. <laughs> uh, oh, hey. And, some, oh. and they gave me some beer and it was, the beer was good. And, uh, <laughs> the end result was really, you know, it was really satisfying and validating. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was some, you know, that was some money that I put in the bank because I'm, you know, I try to, you know, funnel the money back in too. Right. And then, um, and then from that, someone contacted me to do some, uh, a company called me, contacted me to do some tarot cards, you know, through the, right. through the lens of their, um, of their mythos or their mythology. And, um, and so they started, you know, I started doing work for them and they were excited. So I was excited. And, uh, um, and I took that money and I put it away. And um, I was last summer, I was with my wife and we were at a birthday party by lake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, you know, the kids are running around and I checked my phone. And for some reason I went on Craigslist and I searched for printing presses and um, up in Rangeley. And you have no idea. Rangeley is the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you drive oh, up to the well, mountains no. and the world, you know, the world ends. And, um, you know, there Canada. are a lot of places in Kentucky just like that. Yeah, like I, the... I, I almost died in Kentucky. I, I'll tell you that story later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, so I, I saw that there was a press for sale up there Ooh. and, and, you know, I always called myself a printmaker, but I couldn't really print very well. I didn't, you know, I've been doing it for like 10 years, but I still couldn't figure out how to get a pull a good print. It sounds did, crazy, but I, you know, did you, did you, did someone teach you before or did you just kind of, I want to do this and then just started doing it. Well, I took, and... relief, I took relief printmaking one and maybe two in school, but as mm -hmm. an art educator, you, you don't specialize in anything. You take all the classes, but I took, I took a lot of printmaking classes. Right. But, but, you know, I took my relief printmaking class and I took it early and I don't think I was listening, <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, or, or it worked well enough there um, to get something. And so, you know, then you take your screen printing class, the lithography classes, you take, you know, the intaglio class and then you graduate. And um, I was fortunate enough to, uh, my wife bought me plans, you know, I was, I was in that little studio and I had a spoon, you know, rubbing the spoon. Oh, right, so right. I explained to my wife and she bought me plans off the internet, like buildapress.com. And I took those plans to the local vocational school and they built me a press. And Holy it, crap. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was Build great. A, yeah, and it was, it was. Buildapress.com? Yeah. Yeah, and I, it ended up costing, like I gave the, it gave gift cards to everyone, you know, involved. And um, it ended up costing me like, I don't know, like five or six hundred dollars for, um, you know, for a it's, you know, twenty four inches across, and I used Dang. a big piece of melamine as a uh, as a press bed because you know it's relief printmaking. But I made some dry points on it. So. Okay, uh, take I'm gonna take notes. Melamine, yeah. I tell you what, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It's great, and I and I eventually figured out what what I had to do is I had to get over my ego. You know, like, you know, you have this, you're hmm. trying to project something, you know, like, 
I'm a printmaker. I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. And I had to, you know, suck it up and go ask this woman that runs the press downstairs. And be like, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm a failure. And she's like, no, no, no. And, you know, she, she gave me some advice that, uh, and, and I did some workshops. Um, I did the woodcut boot camp out in St. Louis. Okay. And yeah. I, did, I did the, uh, the big ink thing when it first started and Lyle and I had a problem printing my block and he was like, I'm going to solve this. And he did. He, he went out and, and he figured out a method to, to print my type of blocks. Oh, you know, the really see, fine that's... lines. And uh, it's different than the way, like, I don't use blankets. You know, I do have you use to... rubber. Do you use rubber blankets or use like a template? Nothing. Paper. Oh, so roller paper, paper block. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you have, oh, to tape, okay. you have to tape the block. I have to tape the block down to the press bed. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I have to tape the paper down to the press bed. And roll it through and look and lay the paper down on as I go. So there was there was this whole process that I went through that I had to figure out. And, um, and I had to humble myself and like I had to go and, you know, you know, beg Tom Huck to teach me how to, you know, print these blocks. And he's like, oh, get rid of the linoleum. <laughs> go with wood. Go with yeah. wood. Go with wood. Yeah, of course. You know, he's a you know, he was you know, he was great. You know, like you yeah, yeah, yeah. more than your money's worth. And it wasn't just him, like you know the other the other guys that you know he has a whole uh, crew of, of people there that it's not an internship it's a he has another name for it but he has all these people that um they know what they're doing yeah hmm. they gave he gave me all kinds of advice that I ended up taking back and bringing together but okay so so I did that and um but I was out by the lake sorry <laughs> story within a story uh, no worries. I was I was out at this lake and I looked on my phone on Craigslist and there was a um a Griffin Press um in and it's an auto you know like a, a motorized press forty inches wide it's like sixty five inches long and um and it was it was expensive for me <laughs> you know like I drive you know you know your artist like you know when you're when you do what we do, you know, you don't drive new cars. No. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had anything close to 2000. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, I really want this. And then I read the description and it came with a, um, a drying rack that's 70 inches long. You know, oh like, my a, you, know, like you know, it's one of those really high ones that you see in a print shop. And then it came with two brayers. What else did it come with? Oh, yeah. And but I had to take. So it was this guy who, whose wife was a printmaker, and she, she made prints for hotels. You know, like production work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, this, you know, you're getting a really good price on this. And I talked to him. It was great. You know, I got a really good price. But he's like, you got to take all this paper. <laughs> you got to take all this oh, other stuff. But it was like an instant print shop. <laughs> And, um, and so I go up and I get the thing and that was a fiasco and I get it back. It's 2000 pounds. I put it in my shed, which isn't finished. And, um, and I'm like, Oh, what now? <laughs> so there it is. And then, yeah. So I, I built around it. I built, you know, I, I finished this little shed that was on our property. Yeah. And now I have like a, a really cool print shop. Something I never thought I'd ever have. Wow. Yeah. And it just came from a Craigslist ad, and you were in the right place at the right time. And yeah, but right I had, people. but yeah, it was one of these things where you know, like, I quit my cross country job because uh, you know it was the right time. I'm like, how am I going to pay for mm-hmm. this? You know, how am I going to pay for this? And then I get these jobs, and people buy some stuff, and then I get some opportunities to teach, you know, printmaking at you know, you know like Haystack or these different places, and this money comes in, and so I had the money at the time, so. But it's odd how everything everything works out. When, yeah, like when you really just when you go for it and you make the time for it, mm. and you might you you're gonna lose sleep. You you might have to you know use some vacation days or some personal time. If you meet your passion 
in the margins. Mm. Um, it's, I feel like I'm not one of these, like, the universe owes me, you know, because, but I'm just kind of like, stuff just arrives. But you have to, you have to meet it. And then sometimes it's like 70, 30, and then other times it's like 30, 70. But like life just kind of has like ebbs and flows and waves. And you just, you just get out there and you just go where you need to be and things happen. And it's just, it's so amazing. Yeah. Especially yeah. when. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just blows me away. How I, that's a very inspiring story. You just kind of well, you have some things happen. You just use your talents. Well, yeah, and it's and it's also like when I was in sales, you you quickly learn that, or you know, the account management thing, uh, you have to deal with a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I apply for absolutely everything, <laughs> you know, stuff that isn't even you know printmaking. I'll, you know, I you know I'll apply for everything, and I you know I'll, I'll contact all kinds of galleries, you know. <laughs> You know, not none, no big ones have called me, but you know, <laughs> but, but you know, like I and but it, I think as a matter of doing that, you know, like you're saying, you were just saying, you got to show up, and you got to do the work. Yeah, you know? and uh, and I and I think too, like you've got to try to get it out there. Yeah, and just you never know where it's going to land, and you just have to. One day you have to jump, and then, so, like, but we all the cool thing about it. Well, the thing I look at, like, especially with printmaking, is, like, for some people, the jump is just emailing a community print shop when they know they they saw a demo somewhere, and the jump for them is just emailing. And then other people, it's actually the jump would be they need to actually just be in the studio. But there's all, like, different levels of jumping but you have to jump. Um, I guess I'm like paraphrasing or quoting the Steve Harvey video where he says, he talks about jumping where um, people that take their passions and go full time with it and they make a lot of money. For me, I don't want to make a lot of money. I mean, it'd be nice, but I just would like to do what I love to do full time. So I won't have these compartmental areas of life. Um, but it's just that's very interesting. Um, you're in the but you're in the community building business. Do you know what I mean? Like you're in the, I mean you are a printmaker, right? But you also right. you run this you run this cooperative. Yeah, I did for what was it like 2015 to 2018? It was back in March, March 9th. Um, and do you still do you still do stuff there? Uh, well. There's a lot of um, – my life is going to change very quickly. <laughs> mm. uh, I was supposed to get married in July, July 21st, and then my fiancé got a job um, in St. Louis. And oh. so we'll be moving there um, the week after. Um, and then she starts her job, I think, August 6th. And so um, I I had the – I had the cooperative space where I kind of facilitated moving it from LexArts in Lexington to Parts and Rec in Lexington, which we get a lot of interesting um, questions about that move. But um, but I think there's a lot of value. There's a lot a long term value plan I have with that. But yeah, like running a community of printmakers is a little challenging. It's just finding time to get people together, and for us. It's like getting people to actually use a studio and then also trying to find out what people want to do in the studio. And so it started out with this like like an etching press. And so it was just like lino cuts and monotype. Mm-hmm. And then people wanted to do etching. So from like dry point, they want to do more like actually with copper and zinc and aluminum. So we adapted it to that. And I you had to go out I, and find a vat of acid somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we had to like find the safer way to do it because we didn't have ventilation. It was in the basement and we couldn't get access to bust out the windows. And so um, we had to adapt to that. And so it's like I'm trying to 
Because I know, like, some people, like, they hate lineup cuts. And some people want to do wood. And they want to, you know, it's like, some people want only do sculpting printing. Because um, when I when I got in there, after I got out of school, the, the best things I was, well, the thing I was good at that my professor, um, my drawing professor, who was all around the studio, who was all, he was always there, Ross Circle, was like, you're really good at stone lithos. Keep doing those. Mm. But there's no way I could have done that. And that was like 2005. It's like 2018 when I have an opportunity to be able to do those. But um, it's so, it's so cool. It's so fun. Even like when you're done grinding the thing down, it's so physical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I love oh, it. It's, but then, but then you leave school and you know, you can't, you can't do it. Yeah. It's just too much unless um, you get like super lucky and super blessed. And so when I got to, when I joined the co-op, I couldn't do silk screen and couldn't do lithos. And so I had to learn what I could do there. And so it took a couple months because I was working full time. I got laid off and then joined the co-op, I think, fall of 2006. And um, so I learned lino cuts and etching. And I was like, well, I can actually do this stuff here in the studio. Hmm. Um, and so, but that's just me because I know like – um if it wasn't for Ross Zirkle telling me that I would have a place to print, um, then I would, I wouldn't have ever considered doing it. And so I just kept it going. Um, cause I, I loved Lionel cuts and etching. I've just now gotten back into it, but, um, but yeah, running the community is like trying to figure out how to get, how to blow it up for people. So they can be, so they can access it and do it in a respectful way to the medium, but also be a way for it to be open for them to understand it um, in a like demystifying context. Right. And so the whole time I was like president of co-op and like the print shop manager for Parks and Rec, teaching classes, um, that was a big challenge. Um, I don't think I really did like if I was able to find a way to do it full time part of me the regret is I wish I could have just did it full time um, I would have been more successful but I don't know it, it's it's a it's an interesting uh, community building is an interesting experiment because it's there's no formula for it you know yeah yeah, yeah. and printmakers even though we're you know, we're under the same umbrella. They're so different, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, it was each, like... each, each discipline uh, attracts a, a different type of person, too. Right. Which right. is a different and personality. Then, yeah. And then there's, like, the spatial issues and then, like, renting issues. Um, and there's this... But I feel like there's, there's always a way. Um, and it's different for everybody else. Um, so that's part of... And then it's like when you have a community, a cooperative, like a true cooperative, people bring in their values to the group and then everyone benefits. Mm -hmm. It's like a team. But the problem is, it's like when people, I guess, I don't know, they have different expectations of things. Because me, I just want to do my passion. And I don't really the the selling of the things like I was at first. There was a brief period where I was just kind of like, you know what, I need to. Everyone was like, you need to figure out a way to sell this, and you need to know the right people. And I'm like, that's that'd be like having another day job. You know what I mean? Like it's like I'm doing something so I can do something else, so then I could finally finally do what i want to do but like i'm doing these two other things to do like one thing so i'm just like let me just do the one thing <laughs> and yeah, i think you'll find that most artists like successful artists either they have uh, a partner or spouse that you know that does the business stuff for them or they you know or they spend they budget their times i know a couple of guys that um you know like they're like 40 percent of my time is doing admin and and sales and you know this kind of stuff and then the other part is is art 
And then I guess when you have two jobs on top of that, that compounds, you know, drains all your time. Yeah, it, it did. And I, I just stayed up a lot. I always had insomnia and I'm a night person. And so, yeah, it's just, I feel like that's just a universal truth that will be for the rest of the time. I think the internet has made it easier for the gap between the day job and the full time as an artist. I think it's made it easier, but also more challenging because everybody's kind of, you know, so. Yeah, but it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, I hear this, but I like, you know, from people, I guess I do agree. But it's, I, if it weren't for the internet, I wouldn't have a career. <laughs> you wouldn't be. Why right, is that exactly? Yeah, there's I, no way. The only thing that sells up here is, um, and it's the same everywhere. I think, um, it, like we have the only thing that sells are um, landscapes and lobster boats, <laughs> some <laughs> lighthouses, you know. <laughs> and I think wherever you go, they, people are looking for that kind of that kind of work. But the internet, you know, with the internet, you you find your tribe and you find people that like weird things or funny things or, you know, things that, uh, you know, your average person wouldn't. You know, would exactly. Do. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's just a very interesting time to live in. And it's crazy that all the hundreds of thousands of years of existence that we were given the 400 trillion to one chance to live in this era with the internet because it's like golly imagine like 200 years ago trying to promote all this stuff like or just trying to sell it and it's like it's just wild um it's a wild time but Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a community is a it's a challenge and a blessing and it's just uh it's what works i think what when it works, it works great. But when it doesn't, it's still pretty good. Even though it, there's, there's, cause it's just like human problems that it's just human beings problems. So it's not like a, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like when you get so, personalities together, you know, bad things can happen just as easily as good things can happen. But there's exactly. Yeah, but you know, and and then being in charge of that and negotiating all those personalities, well, I yeah, must be incredibly difficult. Yeah, and it just um, it was a rewarding time and also a little bit of a stressful time. And I took on probably more than I should have, and I should have delegated more. But I feel like that's something leaders all kind of struggle with, and so. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm glad was, we were able to. Because at one point we were going to shut down the whole thing. I think more than one point. Uh, but we've kept it going. Um, we've found a way, and just provide a way for people to print. And we get a lot of people that um, they're. They don't know anything about Lexington. They do a Google search. They find us and they sign up for a class. They want to be a member. And they love doing printmaking at a time in their life. And now we provide it in a very affordable way. Yeah, it's and incredibly so expensive. Me, I mean, in most places are incredibly expensive. Yours is very reasonable. Yeah, super, super crazy reasonable. We really want people to come in, especially this summer. Um, that's one thing I'm kind of like, oh, if I move, oh, gosh. But, you know, you just find a way. That's that's what life's all about. And you're going to St. Louis, which is, a you know, like, that's there's so many great permits. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being a part of the community there and seeing what happens. And it's it's happening very soon. <laughs> so yeah. Um well, man, Scott, it's been really good talking to you. Yeah, um do you do you have any do you have any like um I give like the little last shout outs? Um I'll put it in the show notes in the description. But uh, your website, social media stuff, like if you want to blow that up, um, now's the time to do that for folks. <laughs> yeah, well, Instagram, it's uh, at Scott Minzy, M-I-N-Z-Y. Um, and uh, my website is scottminzy.com. And um, yeah, Scott Minzy on, uh, Scott Minzy Artist on Facebook. But that's just, uh, 
you know, I just send everything from Instagram over there. So. Right. So you gotta, yeah. gotta have the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, that's how you communicate with your grandmother and your brothers and sisters. <laughs> right. 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 Awesome. So, um, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Glad yeah. that we were able to get the technology going and, um, so yeah, really appreciate it, man, and um, stay in touch, and um, we will. I'll try to get this up soon. Absolutely, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Thanks. and um, keep on printing. <laughs> you too. Alrighty, man. All right, bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app free for iOS and Android.